Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 25th of March. The wet weather emergency that has devastated many parts of New South Wales and Queensland has now turned deadly, with two people killed in rising floodwaters. The body of a 25-year-old man was found in a car in a creek in Glenory in Sydney's northwest. It's believed he was trying to cross a flooded road on his way to his first day of a new job when he got into trouble. He called emergency services and was reportedly on the line for more than 40 minutes before losing contact. Meantime, in a separate tragedy in Queensland, the body of a 38-year-old man has been found in a submerged car on the Gold Coast hinterland. The father went missing on Monday. Here's Mitch Gray from Gold Coast Police. The loss of a a loved one in these circumstances and and just not knowing for the last four days where they are, it's out of character. You know, that's going to be painful and I, I I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who yesterday toured flood-affected zones in Western Sydney, has told Parliament many residents have battled so much. We have seen so much over the course of the past year and more as this country has battled so many things. Floods, fires, viruses, drought and now these floods again. While the rain has stopped in many parts of New South Wales and Queensland, the danger is far from over, with evacuation orders still in place for Moree in the state's northwest and parts of the mid-north coast. The weather system is now moving into Victoria, with more heavy rain on the way. Also making news this morning, the Prime Minister is set to announce a major cabinet reshuffle as the fallout continues over rape allegations in Canberra. There are reports Christian Porter may lose the Attorney-General portfolio to Michaelia Cash, while Linda Reynolds could be replaced as Defence Minister by Peter Dutton. Here's Labor Senator Penny Wong on 7.30. And I think Australians, particularly Australian women, are entitled to feel a bit cynical about why it has taken so long. Uh, I think it's taken so long because uh, he realises this is a problem for him. The federal government has been rocked by new allegations that Liberal Senator Eric Abetz made derogatory comments about alleged rape victim Brittany Higgins. Former Liberal member, now turned independent Sue Hickey, used parliamentary privilege to reveal the alleged conversation. As for that Higgins girl, anybody who is so disgustingly drunk, who would sleep with anybody, could have slept with one of our spies and put the security of our nation at risk. Mr Abetz has strongly denied the allegations. Meantime, it comes as New South Wales Nationals MP Michael Johnson has denied allegations he raped a female sex worker in 2019. Labor MP Trish Doyle told State Parliament she was contacted by the woman 18 months ago, alleging she'd been assaulted by someone in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney. Here's Trish Doyle. His power and his privileged position as a civic leader make that fear, anger and hurt all the worse. In a statement, Mr Johnson says he is devastated by these allegations and he is innocent. He has stepped aside from his parliamentary position while police investigations continue. And music superstars Ed Sheeran and Kylie Minogue have headlined a stellar turnout at the State Memorial Service for Australian music icon Michael Gudinski. The 68-year-old passed away in his sleep earlier this month. Kylie and Ed sharing the stage for a special rendition of Locomotion. Everybody's doing a grand dance 
and we'll have more details on the memorial service shortly from our reporter in Melbourne. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning. The WA First and Perth hospitals are in crisis, with at least two declaring a code yellow, unable to take in any more patients. Our reporter Adam Hemmings explains from Perth. Tash, it happened on Tuesday at Sir Charles Gardner and Royal Perth hospitals because they were full. Code yellows had to be declared, and that meant staff could only care for the people already at the hospital. The Australian Medical Association is calling for a summit to fix the crisis and it would be the second one since December. There's just too many patients in these hospitals. They're not uh, fit for purpose. The system is not big enough. That's the AMA's WA president, Dr Andrew Miller. Part of the issue is the system is playing catch-up from when elective procedures were stopped because of COVID. It's also dealing with many mental health patients in emergency departments. Health department boss David Russell Vice says extra beds are being organised to help emergency departments cope with huge demand. This has to have multiple prongs to it. It is not just one approach with beds. To Queensland now, a contentious bill has passed in Parliament which will see adoption for children in state care routinely and genuinely considered. But some organisations are concerned the legislation may lead to forced adoption of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. Our reporter David Shiraz explains from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. The legislation was introduced in response to a coroner's recommendation following the death of 21-month-old toddler Mason Jet Lee. Under the bill, children in long-term care would have their cases reviewed after two years, with adoption to be considered if they can't be cared for by their parents, extended family or another suitable person. But numerous organisations have expressed alarm over the amendments, including Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander services, with concerns it will lead to situations of forced adoption. The Queensland government acknowledged in Parliament adoption was a very sensitive issue and says it would be a last resort for those children. To New South Wales now and life is almost back to normal with more COVID restrictions easing across the state from Monday. Dancing is back and so are packed weddings. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the latest from Sydney. Well, it's hard to imagine life without COVID rules, but Tash, from next week, most of them will be eased. From Monday, you can dance and sing wherever you like with nightclubs reopening and house parties can get bigger. While there'll also be no caps on weddings or funerals and full capacity crowds will return to sporting venues. Masks will no longer be mandatory on public transport, but they are still strongly recommended. It'll be the first time in a long time we've had this much freedom, but Chief Health Officer Dr Kerry Chance says we will still need to keep checking in at venues. I know that it is sometimes easy to become complacent when you hear the fact that we're reporting no community transmission, but it is an incredibly important mitigation measure to know that we've rapidly been able to contact everyone who's been at a venue if we do happen to have a transmission event or an infectious person. To Victoria now, and as we reported earlier this morning, some big names have paid tribute to Michael Gudinski. Ed Sheeran making a special trip to Australia, including a two-week stay in quarantine, to honour the music icon at a state memorial service. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. That's right, Tash. About 7,000 people spread out around Rod Laver Arena at Melbourne Park for the memorial service, which ran more than two and a half hours. International artists as big as Billy Joel, Elton John and Ed Sheeran 
as well as Sam Smith and Taylor Swift shared stories of how their lives were impacted by Michael Gadinsky. I met Michael and Sue through work, but it very quickly became apparent to me that they cared about me as a person and that this was a friendship. I have spent birthdays with Michael and Sue. They've opened up their home to me. We've had so many incredible memories over the years and I will never forget. That was a message from Taylor Swift last night. They were joined by Aussie icons as big as Jimmy Barnes, Kylie Minogue and Paul Kelly and younger artists like Missy Higgins and Amy Shark. I feel really lucky that I got to meet him, know him and work with him. Uh, such an iconic figure and I'm proud to be a part of the Mushroom family and everyone's going to miss his energy and passion every day. Michael's legacy will also live on at the Arias with the award for Best Breakthrough Artist being renamed in his honour. Now, the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Some interesting news today. Big Aussie miner BHP has avoided a $9 billion class action bill, and it's all thanks to an English judge. Yeah, that's right, Tash. BHP found itself in an English court because of a class action by 200,000 Brazilians seeking compensation for the 2015 San Marco Dam disaster. The miner had already won the case in a lower court last November, but the AFR says the class action lawyers PGMBM said at the time they were overwhelmingly confident of getting the decision overturned on appeal. However, the appeals court's Lord Justice Peter Coulson on Wednesday threw out the appeal describing the November judgment as the first and last night of the show. That said, BHP will have to face another courtroom in Brazil where the claimants want over, wait for it, 30 billion US dollars, but the date for this showdown has not been determined. Gosh, that's a lot of money. And JobKeeper ends, as we know, over the weekend, and Treasury says about 150,000 jobs could be lost. Yep, up to 150,000 workers are expected to lose their jobs next week as the federal government's wage subsidy program, JobKeeper, ends. The $28 billion events industry, as well as overseas travel businesses, will be in trouble and jobs are bound to go until normal trading conditions return, which might not be until 2022. The SMH says Treasury Secretary Steve Kennedy believes the staff most at risk of losing work when JobKeeper finishes on March 28th those on zero or low hours and that means CBD businesses missing customers now working from home will be likely to cut jobs next week with the end of the government wage support. Very tough times ahead for a lot of people Peter and Westpac I see is considering ditching our neighbours across the ditch. New Zealand what's happening? (laughs) That's an unusual one, isn't it? On Wednesday, Westpac told the market it was weighing up either a spin-off or sale of its operations in New Zealand as it faces tougher capital requirements imposed by the country's Reserve Bank. It has asked Macquarie Capital to assess its options, but this will come as a surprise to the Kiwis. The Australian newspaper says our top four banks are believed to be continuing to assess their strategies for operations across the Tasman following the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's decision. What that means is the Kiwi Central Bank wants our banks to lend less out of deposits and keep more to make them safer. But the banks say it reduces their profitability and so they're considering exiting some or all of its operations there. Or it could be good old argy-bargy to pressure the government, the Kiwi government, to change the new rules. Banks are good at argy-bargy. Thanks so much, Peter. <laughs> Cheers. 
time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Panthers and Storm have lost key players ahead of tonight's grand final rematch. Yes, good morning, Tasha. Big one for the Panthers as well. And Nathan Cleary hasn't recovered from that head knock he suffered against Canterbury last week. So the Panthers confirming late yesterday he will not play tonight. Now, his replacement is Matt Burton, and this justifies the Panthers' decision not to release him early from his contract to join the Bulldogs. Of course, he will join them from next season. He's had to bide his time uh, playing reserve grade, but uh, tonight he comes in uh, at halfback. Now, you'd be forgiven for thinking that we had uh, that he'd played a lot of games, Matt Burton, but just his seventh first grade game, of course, a lot of attention around him at the moment. His coach, Ivan Cleary, is confident that he can handle the occasion. No wonder that other clubs are chasing him, but, uh, you know, he's a panther at the moment and looking forward to seeing how he steps up tomorrow night. Now, at the Storm, they've lost fullback Ryan Pappenhausen. He's battling uh, a neck injury. His coach, Craig Bellaby, admits that uh, the Storm is still getting used to life without Cameron Smith. Yeah, I think each week we learn something a little, little bit more different what he used to do for us as well. You know, there's always something you don't probably think of. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Cameron used to do that for us. Then we've got another blockbuster tomorrow night, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Victor Radley named uh, on the bench for the Roosters, making his comeback from an ACL injury. There's a lot at stake also for Cartland Collingwood as they prepare to kick off round two tonight. Yes, absolutely. They were both round one losers. The Blues going down to the Tigers in the season opener and uh, the Pies were disappointing against the Bulldogs as well. Dale Thomas played uh, for both clubs, the only player to play more than 100 games for both uh, the Blues and the Magpies. We know that they've been bitter rivals going back, uh, well, basically uh, a century. He has previewed tonight's game for us. He says it will be a long road back to make the finals after a loss tonight. If one of these teams is going to go zip and two, no team has won the flag from zip and two and only five of 50 58 teams have played finals since 2010 after going zip and two. It's only round two, but this is big, a big, big, big it's game. A... Just on selection, the Blues have included their new recruit, Zach Williams, will play his first game in Blues colours tonight. Jack Martin returns from a calf issue. Eddie Betts won't play. Again, they've opted not to take a risk with him. He hasn't played a lot of footy, just six quarters uh, across practice games and, and the preseason as well in the VFL. He has been named an emergency, so potentially could be a medical sub. For the Magpies, they welcome back their star midfielder steel side bottom and they've named it Callum Brown as well. So a big game tonight at the MCG. And Brett, the curtain has come down on the colourful and controversial career of Anthony Mundine. Yes, and no more boxing comebacks for the man, which is a relief because at 45, there are fears for his long-term health after a number of knockouts, the most recent against Michael Zarafa, who's 20 years his junior, just about. That was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It was a star-studded affair, his retirement announcement yesterday. Kelly Slater called in. It's not clear how they actually uh, know each other. Wayne Bennett uh, was glowing in some of the things he said about uh, the man from his time at the Broncos when uh, they won uh, the Super League back in 1997. And he also apologised for some of his most divisive comments, most notably about September 11. Especially the 9-11 uh, statements. I will, I'm not for killings. I'm killing one human being is like killing the whole of humanity. And obviously that's a moment he would like to have back and probably affected his boxing career. He struggled to get fights uh, in the United States uh, after he made those comments, but made a lot of money back home. He's actually in the top 15 earners of all time in boxing history. That's everyone who's ever boxed. So Ali, Frazier, Tyson, these sort of guys, he earned a lot, a lot of money and was elite in both sports. And he was such a great football player. When you go back and look at him in his heyday, he was an extraordinary NRL player. 
Ian kind of retired there at the peak of his powers, and it was a big risk. A lot of you know um, footballers probably fancy themselves as boxers, but he was actually pretty good at it as well. And you think how good he might have been if he had have concentrated on that for his entire professional life. And then, as you said, as a rugby league player, he was uh, elite, uh, played state of origin, and uh, as we said, won a Super League with the Broncos. So um, he was an elite sports person, whether you liked uh, his opinions or not. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now for this Thursday morning and as we reported earlier, the rain is set to clear from many parts of the country today and it's heading down towards Melbourne. Brisbane, sunny, 31. Sydney, possible shower today, 28 degrees. Melbourne, shower or two, 21. 21 degrees also on the way for Canberra today with showers. The showers should ease in Hobart today, 21. 21 degrees also for Adelaide and partly cloudy, sunny and 26 for Perth and showers with a storm likely and a top of 32 for Darwin. And some interesting new trends have emerged from lockdown with a new survey showing just how many people have changed their habits while working from home. The YouGov survey of more than 2,000 people shows one third have worn pyjamas during online meetings and one in 10 didn't put pants on at all. The survey participants say they hope to achieve more of a balance between working from home and the office, with almost 50% of those surveyed saying their ideal way of working would be going into the office between one and three days per week, with the rest done from home. All about a balance. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.